Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody, an extended one at that. A lot to recap. Come on in, stay a while. Best and worst of the weekend, your opportunity to be part of the program. Dial us up, email, tweet, all the above. You can also watch the program on Peacock, our great streaming service. It doesn't cost anything. Download the app. You can watch for free all three hours. Say good morning to our radio affiliates. We are approaching 400 cities around America. Phone number 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Coming up, we'll talk to the Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback, he was on the call for the Notre Dame and the Florida State contest that went into overtime. Miami Dolphins apologist Darius Rucker will stop by as well. We'll get to your phone calls. A reminder, Penny's Bang Biscuits. We got two different sizes of Penny's Bang Biscuits. Bite-sized treats, perfect rewards during training sessions. Or if you want to thank your dog for good behavior, the biscuits are handmade from scratch. Healthy, all-natural ingredients, and 20% of all Bang Biscuit sales will be given back to handpicked partners in the pet industry. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that forthcoming. In recent years, college football has been all about offense. And even the traditionally conservative Alabama teams, they are starting to rack up a ton of points. But the defense got revenge on the opening weekend. Clemson in Georgia, I tuned in. I thought maybe we would see some high-powered offenses Nope. Uh, Neither team scored an offensive touchdown in their showdown on Saturday night. Georgia coming away with a 10-3 win thanks to a pick six. And uh, Penn State's defense, they uh, salvaged a dramatic win over Wisconsin. Virginia Tech's defense dominated North Carolina. Iowa forced turnovers to blow out Indiana. And they're still good offenses. But Alabama's defense looked ferocious in a blowout win against Miami. 
you know, it's almost like we look at Alabama and we expect them to be more offensive minded than defensive minded, but they look great against Miami. And sometimes the offenses will start out slowly. You know, defense feels like first couple of weeks, they usually, uh, you know, we shine the spotlight on them a little bit more. Then the offenses get going. You get the rhythm. You have new players, uh, quarterback system. And then, uh, you know, week one might be an anomaly, but maybe it's time to have a little balance shift in uh, college football. The defenses are making a little bit more of a comeback in 2021. McLovin, what kind of poll question are we looking at today? Okay, uh, we're going to start with college football. Uh, who had the worst weekend? This is from Paul, of course, skewing negative. The Indiana Hoosiers, the Miami Hurricanes, the Clemson Tigers, uh, the LSU Tigers. I don't think you put Florida State on there, even though that was somewhat heartbreaking, but I'm curious if you think they would belong on a worst weekend poll. No, I think, I think Florida State had a good weekend that they went toe-to-toe with a good Notre Dame team. Uh, Mac Milton, unbelievable comeback. Uh, he had played at Central Florida. He'd been out of football for three years, came back, and uh, nearly led Florida State to a comeback win. He's going to join us on the program tomorrow, but I wouldn't put Florida State in there. LSU getting manhandled by UCLA was really surprising because you feel like, okay, SEC football going against UCLA – UCLA manhandled LSU up front, and that's a big, big win. Huge win for Chip Kelly. And, you know, Coach O going back into Southern California. Now, you know, you expect him that you're going to bring some swagger back. Uh, This was an LSU team that wasn't very good last year, and that's not a good start at all. So I would put LSU on there. Who else do you have? Well, we uh, probably had Indiana. I was disappointed in that because I Michael Penix was so good last year. Yeah. I mean, Indiana was a great story last year, but I don't know if they're a great story this year. I was always one of those schools where you go, oh, that's right. Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, they're going to get eight, nine wins. It just feels like every single year. How about Clemson? Do they belong on a worst weekend poll? Just because of the way they played offensively. You know, that offensive line, I was – I was shocked. Now, Georgia has two great defensive linemen, according to Mel Kuyper. I mean, these are top five, top seven defensive linemen in America. Uh, they certainly showed that in that win. I mean, that, that, was, that was an impressive performance. You're going to shut down Clemson like that. Uh, but that offensive line with Clemson, that was, that was really what was surprising. What else? Uh, another poll question. I'm going to put up the worst weekend and see where the votes are. But would you take Alabama or the field after this weekend to win it all? I'll tell you, and I'll bet you if we put this up, Alabama would win. Probably. Probably. Ohio State looked good. Um, and Georgia looked good. Oklahoma was okay. I mean, you're playing Tulane and you give up 35 points. It's early. But yeah, people would probably side with Alabama over the field. I wouldn't, not yet. But, you know, Bryce Young looked really good. But this is, you know, the week-to-week reaction that we have. We, we have to have that, I know exactly what this team is all about. I know who's good and who's not. I mean, there's going to be, in a month from now, what we say today, we could play back a month from now, and we're like, oh, that's right. I don't know what I was thinking. What else? 
Uh, it's, by the way, did you just declare Bryce Young the Heisman frontrunner? Yeah, of, of course yes. he is. Of course yes. he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, what is a more entertaining kind of game? This is so obvious, but Notre Dame, Florida State, back and forth, wild game, or a defensive old-fashioned <laughs> battle between Clemson and Georgia? Which did you enjoy more? Uh, Notre Dame and Florida State was just that you know, Notre Dame needed 18 points in the fourth quarter, forcing overtime. I thought Notre Dame was going to blow out Florida State. The way they started, I just thought, okay, you got an experienced quarterback, came from Wisconsin, you got a tight end who will play in the NFL, you got a free safety who's going to play in the NFL. I mean, Notre Dame has got skilled position players. They, I mean, they got pros on that team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unlike uh, other Notre Dame teams, it feels like, that there's a physicality to them. Uh, defensively, they've got great athletes there. I thought that they were going to rough up Florida State. That was a big surprise to me, that all of a sudden I'm going, how is this going into overtime? What else, McLovin? Which redemption story would end up being the best movie out of these three coaches? Oh, coaches. UCLA's Chip Kelly. Okay. Texas's Steve Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. Or Ole Miss's Lane Kiffin. Those are my three big redemption stories. I might be missing some more, too. Um... Let's see. I don't know if we're, we look at Lane Kiffin as a redemption story. Right, but it'd be a heck of a movie, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it could be entertaining. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, when he gets fired on the tarmac, you know, that would be interesting. Uh, just him uh, as Alabama's offensive coordinator. Who's the other uh, two in there? Uh, Sarkeesian, who... Yeah. Got a big win. Yeah, and everything he went through with uh, his drinking uh, when he was at USC, went to Alabama, and then it's almost like that's where you go. ESPN is a place you go if you're a coach and you're waiting to coach again. Alabama feels like it's a place to go when you're waiting to become a head coach again. And, you know, that Nick Saban has been doing this the last couple of years. And then uh, who else is in there? Uh, Chip Kelly. Is that a redemption story? Yeah, but, well, he had what he was doing at, uh, at Oregon and then what he started out doing in the NFL. And then all of a sudden it went bad at UCLA. Yeah, that would be a redemption story. Yeah, I think so. I just think that, the you know, it takes a while before you get your team. How many years does it take before you get your team when you take over a program? And UCLA has never really promoted its football and invested the money that other schools have. That's always been a big knock. I talked to Rick Neuheisel, former UCLA head coach, about that. Uh, Even Jim Mora, you know, that the school wasn't truly committed like USC was committed to football. But Chip Kelly looks like he has his team. Certainly looked like that against uh, LSU. Yeah, Paul. Chip Kelly in the past three years, 2018, 3-9. 2019, 4-8. Last year, 3-4. This is the year where you either, you know what, or get off the pot, mm-hmm. and he's 2-0. Mm-hmm. This could save his whole career there. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. Uh, I have another very negative poll. Oh. If, if we just want to start all Why critical. are we skewing negative here? Because it's more fun. Who cares about uh, the good games? Mm-hmm. Which Heisman Trophy favorite, and I have a PFF list of Heisman Trophy favorites, was most disappointing in week one? Let's, and tell me if these belong in there. I thought Spencer Rather looked pretty mundane in, against Tulane, but... I'm not going to put him on there. Sam Howell, Paulie's guy, Sam Howell. That He's number two well. on this list. Yeah. Derek King is number three out of Miami. That didn't list. go well. Uh, number four is DJ Olingalali. 
That didn't go well. Sorry for mispronouncing that. Uh, number five is JT Daniels. Mm. That probably didn't go very well. Um, let's, I think the other guys on this list did okay. But is that funny that that's like four of the top five guys didn't do much this week? It, yeah. Panic time? <laughs> no. No. It, it, once again, we, we want to have a referendum on you know this first weekend that we know exactly who's going to play, how they're going to play, who's good, who's not. And, you know, Spencer Rattler last year lost his job. I mean, he struggled. And then all of a sudden he's emerged. I, I, I know that he's got everything that you want. I mean, there's a Kyler Murray feel to him and playing at Oklahoma. And, and I know that he's very accurate. He's athletic. I mean, he's all these things. It's just there are times when I watch and I don't I don't see it click the way it should. Like he should be dominating at Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma, and your you know your schedule is not that difficult. Um, but Bryce Young looked good, you know, for somebody who hadn't played going in there and uh, on the road winning in Miami. Yeah, I was impressed by that. But as far as these Heisman, how many times have we given the Heisman away at the end of September? Always. Yeah. Like I had Leonard Fournette, he's the, like, no, he's not. He's not going to win the Heisman Trophy. It feels like if you're leading, it's it's rare when you go wire to wire for the Heisman. I mean, I I don't think it happens very often, and more likely than not, you're going to have somebody come out of nowhere and win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, McLeod. Like Devontae Smith last year, yes. where was he at this point? Well, he wasn't even the best receiver, ranked the best receiver on Alabama. I mean, Waddle was ranked higher. All right, so uh, we'll settle on a poll question. Phone calls are always welcome. By the way, everybody knows the season starts on Thursday night. The Texans are going to start Tyrod Taylor. Now, there's no surprise. But what do we know now about this situation in Houston that we didn't know in March? Nothing has changed. And I'm just curious if Deshaun Watson saying, I don't want to play for you, do the Texans say, we don't want you to play for us? We're willing to pay you $10 million to not play. What role does the NFL play in this? If you're a season ticket holder of the Texans, do you want to see Deshaun Watson play? Probably. But it's, it's very curious that there is no movement whatsoever. Now, we've heard more of an investigation. We've had more of the... Uh, the other side of this, we haven't heard too much from Deshaun Watson, but the investigation is ongoing. But does he just say, I don't want to play? And that's enough? And the Texans say, yeah, you don't have to play. He's a healthy scratch. He'll be a healthy scratch probably the entire year. I, If I go to a Texans press conference, I would not leave until somebody said, this is what we decided to do and why we decided to do it. And I'm sure that the media in Houston is asking that. But, you know, if I'm the media, I just say, we're not leaving. The fans deserve answers here as to whose choice is this? Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play. How about you say, we want you to play. We're paying you $10 million. Or just say, this is why we're sitting him. And is the NFL involved in this? I got questions. And I don't think we've gotten answers with the Texans. All right, phone calls coming up. Uh, let's see. This program brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Make sure you upgrade to a Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor. Noticeably smooth shave thanks to their six 
precision cut stainless steel blades. Find your perfect shave wherever you shop, in store or online. DollarShaveClub.com. We'll take a break, settle on a poll question, get to phone calls as well. Once again, we'll talk to the uh, Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Darius Rucker will stop by and tell us why the Dolphins are going to win it all, but the Dolphins will certainly make him cry. Greg McElroy, who was on the call for Notre Dame, Florida State, he will join us coming up as well. 15 after the hour, just getting started on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. 
But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mentioned at the top of the show, we are in nearly 400 cities around America. Charleston, West Virginia, WBES AM 950 AM. Cincinnati, Ohio, Fox Sports 1360. Jonesboro, Arkansas, KNEA AM 970 AM. Thanks for your support. Dan Patrick Show. Mac Milton, uh, he is going to join us on the program tomorrow. He came to the rescue. Well, nearly came to the rescue for Florida State against Notre Dame. And this had been a long, long time ago when I think we had him on when he had an unbelievable season for Central Florida. And then he suffered uh, a leg injury where they thought he might lose part of his leg. Next thing you know, he's on the sidelines. And I think a lot of us had the same reaction. It was like, oh, my God, Mac Milton. And then you thought, okay, well, he's on the sidelines. And then all of a sudden he comes in and I'm holding my breath. And then who was ever directing that broadcast did a wonderful job because they showed his parents watching their son out there and it had been three years since he had played football. They thought if he walked again, like that's, that's the minor miracle. He's out there playing. And as somebody who was watching this game, an uh, NFL scout said, if Mac Milton had come in earlier, Notre Dame was going to lose that game. They almost won it, went into overtime. You know, there, there's another storyline over the weekend, and that's targeting. You know, Ole Miss player get, getting tossed for targeting. Uh, Louisville players getting tossed for targeting. Um, national TV. See, that's what happens. If this was a Saturday afternoon game, you might have a little bit of internet rumbling. But last night, you had the stage to yourself, and it was national TV. And then we started to sort of reevaluate Targeting. I think we can all agree that it's a good rule to have if, if it's officiated in the correct way. And you have replay in there. But I just get the feeling that it's officiated, it's so inconsistent. And, but if you throw somebody out, I mean, it is, that, I mean, that's, the consequences are really, really impactful there. And just trying to understand, you know, the debate over targeting has, you know, been raging since uh, college football decided to do it a couple of years ago. And the penalty is meant to be handed out uh, to try to prevent dangerous hits. But it's, it's well-intentioned. But I, do, I just don't know if it is enforced consistently. That's always been my problem with it. But I, when I see it, sometimes you go, wow, they're going to call. Like, they're, you know... You can have a, a, a foul. You can have a personal foul. But, but I don't know. It's hard to go, boy, there's, there's intent there. Sometimes you look at a play and you go, I don't know. There are other times when you go, you know, I didn't like the hit. Or you, you know, you're, you're lowering your head. But there are times when you go, yep. Uh, you know, Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback, he was the victim of a targeting penalty. That was uh, last night, Monty Montgomery. And then uh, 
Louisville had another defender who got ejected, uh, you know, the next uh, offensive drive by Ole Miss. Like, it was like, wow, is this going on because they're frustrated? Are these, you know, legit? Do we need to do this? Uh, it just felt like they were, they got started on targeting and they never stopped. Yeah, Paulie. There was a play last night where the running, it was Louisville, uh, Mississippi, and it was a running back going right through the box, like a up the middle run, and a linebacker you know, had him in his sights. They both lowered their helmets but the crown of the defender's helmet hit kind of the cheek of the offensive player's helmet, the running back, and he got the boot. And you know the announcers during the game were even saying, like, I don't know how else to make a tackle there. You have to, at some point, lower your helmet it's to a certain level. You can't go and face up on when, when a running back's lowering his helmet. Why not just have flagrant fouls like you do in basketball? I mean, you get two and then you get tossed? I think you can tell what is intentional and what is dirty. Like something that is intentional, that you're going to go, no, you're gone. But I don't know if you have to eject everybody. I mean, it's, it, it happens so quickly. We know it's a violent sport. And there are times when you might be trying to do the right thing, but get punished because the official thinks you're trying to do the wrong thing. Yes, he. It does feel like there needs to be some kind of difference between the guy who like launches himself at a wide receiver's head with the crown of his helmet and the other play like Paul was just describing the running back is coming through and you lower your head it's it's kind of the way that guys made tackles like that forever there to me there's a clear difference between the two but you have running backs who lower their heads they're never called but a defender lowers his head you're going to get called there but why not if you have uh, you know two targetings and then you're ejected like two technicals in basketball would that solve everything yes Todd but that's tricky, too, because if you're uh, called for targeting and a lot of times we react to what happened to the player that got hit. Mm-hmm. What if that person's laying there on the ground and taken off on a stretcher and like only a 15 yard penalty? We'd be all up in arms about that. But if someone looks like they're fine, they pop right back up. You know, it seems like too crazy to throw someone out for that. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond for their customization options. Cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Yeah, Paul. I was going to say, now that they got paid name, image, image likeness, maybe they'll start finding the players. The NSA could you know, add that and try to mm. claw back some of that money. Mm. You know, the Louisville linebacker, hey, man, that's five grand. All right, McLovin, what poll question? We put we... up uh, which team had the worst loss opening weekend, and LSU is your week one winner so far. Uh, then Indiana, then Miami. P- people did not say Clemson, and no one said Wisconsin. I threw them onto the poll. Was that a disappointment? I know that Penn State's ranked as well, but that felt like a pretty bad loss. I didn't know what to expect in that game. I did. I just thought, okay, these feel like two evenly matched teams, and... I thought it might be one or two plays that decided that. I thought Indiana and Iowa would be one or two plays that decided that. It's just hard to handicap that first weekend because you're not quite sure. You have those preseason rankings, and those are wildly inaccurate with a lot of the teams You know, from 10 on down. You know that Ohio State and Georgia and Clemson and Alabama have more talent than anybody else. You can throw Notre Dame and uh, Oklahoma in there. Aside from that... After that, it's a crapshoot. And you're going, man, did you see what happened to Stanford? I don't know if Stanford's any good. LSU. LSU going to UCLA. Well, LSU. I mean, they're bringing the SEC out there. And then you watch and you go, uh, the SEC-style football is UCLA, not LSU. What else do you have? 
I saw someone complain on Twitter. It's actually Danny Cannell, uh, former Florida State quarterback, saying that there's a boring element to college football because you know those five programs, uh, with Georgia being the fifth, are just going to be there and everybody else is irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. But remember, we've had this for a long time. It feels like the Blue Bloods are always up there. It's In college basketball, you used to have this. You don't have that anymore. But, you know, the difference is I can get one player who can make a difference in an NCAA tournament game. And you get the opportunity to play Duke on a neutral site. You don't get those opportunities. You know, your Coastal Carolina is not getting that opportunity. Liberty is not getting that opportunity. We like that, but we only like it to a certain degree when it comes to March Madness because we like the chaos the first two rounds, maybe first three rounds. And then after that, you're like, "Ah, we need to have a really good team win the national championship. So we like it to a certain degree. And then you're like, it's like a surprise ending in a movie. It it sounds good, but but then you're like, okay, boy, this better be good if it's a surprise ending. Or do you just go... Yeah, I know how this is going to end. You know, uh, the the boy and the girl get back together and uh, they live happily ever after. But that's sort of what we want with sports sometimes. And and it's strange because some of the greatest stories that have ever been told are the ones that we thought could never be told because you didn't think that that was possible for something to happen. That's why Hollywood loves sports so much, because you can't script it. You think you can. But even when you do script something, you go, you know, I got something that actually did happen. That's crazy. Like Mac Milton playing football again. Alex Smith playing football again. Those are crazy stories where you watch, you watch what happened with them. And seven surgeries for Mac Milton. Now, Alex Smith, all of those surgeries to be able to come back, like you, you just can't fathom. Okay. And then he comes back from... You know, the injury, heartbreak. That's what makes sports, you know, that's why Hollywood loves, uh, you know, Hollywood will look at a sports story and go, yeah, we're going to we're going to adapt a movie to that storyline. Yes, Tom. And with Milton, after his, they were able to save his leg, basically from what the doctors were saying, that he'd just be lucky to not be in tremendous pain walking for the rest of his life. Forget about ever getting back on a football field. Yeah. Yeah, I'm club. Well, remember we talked about Manti Teo on, I think it was Thursday, mm-hmm. because there was, I mean, could you, if a scriptwriter handed you that, you'd be like, that's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. But it happened to be real, and then they're doing a 30 for 30. I don't know if they're doing a movie off of it. Did they do a movie off of it? I think it's a 30 for 30 that's coming up. Okay. Yeah, Paul. I've heard, uh, I better be careful here, they would like to do one, but they need the participants to participate. They can't do a 30 for 30 if certain people who are involved in the Manti Teo story, you can figure out who the two people are, mm. won't participate. So if I were producing a, a, at ESPN and I wanted to do a 30 for 30 and I had hired a director, I would tell that director, we can't shoot until you get the commitment of those two people. And sources tell me that hasn't happened. And if I'm one of those two people, I don't want to retell that story. <laughs> I'd pay to have I it know. not told. I don't want to do that again. What, yeah, what does uh, Manti Teo get out of this? Like you have a chance to tell your story. I'm trying to think if I'm the producer and I go, Hey, this is your opportunity. A one time, you only have to do it and you can tell your story and, and, and we get the truth behind all of this. I can't imagine Manti Teo goes, yeah. Okay. 
Now I can tell the true story about my fake girlfriend and the fact that I bought into this and then actually participated in saying I had a fake girlfriend who was dying. Yeah, that's, yeah. Now's the time to tell that story. Yeah, Paul. And you may think that, well, Manti Teo could get paid to participate in the 30 for 30. They don't really do that. They can make donations and give a little money to people to have them participate, but it's not like you get a million dollars if you co-produce it. Yes, McLovin. I remember why we're talking about Manti Teo. It was Bishop Sycamore, uh, a whole program. Like, imagine yeah. if you wrote a script about Bishop Sycamore. Did you see where their head coach came out and said, no, we're not a school? <laughs> he was the last one to know. What? That's not exactly what we do here. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's what he said. He goes, we're not a school. That's not what we do here. What? He said it was an error in paperwork that led to the misunderstanding <laughs> that they were an actual school. Oh, my God. Yes, Todd. How do you participate in football <laughs> games, especially on national TV on ESPN, if you're not actually a school? You could just kind of find any kind of flag team or anybody in the park and come play on ESPN. Yeah, it was some paperwork. It was just some paperwork, you know. Paperwork that allowed you to get students who aren't students, who are older than high school students. That pesky paperwork. <laughs> yes, yeah, Todd. And whether you're an actual school or not, what's with the whole P.O. box thing? Can't you have an actual address? <laughs> There's no structure or any kind of building or place uh, where you can actually go visit whatever they are doing. It feels there. like a huge clerical error <laughs> to be made then. Do they have anybody doing the clerical work to have a clerical error? They don't have an office. Where Where is the person who is doing the clerical work for this fake high school in Columbus? It, it, is it, is it a, a fake person doing it? Yes, Paul. I, I checked their social media, and it doesn't say Bishop Sycamore High School. It just says Bishop Sycamore. We filled in the blanks. <laughs> ESPN filled in the blanks. If you watch the broadcast, it says HS next okay. to it. Okay. Right. Uh, HS, homeschool. That's what it stands for. <laughs> yeah. Yes, McLovin. So can they do a 30 for 30 because they look bad in this 30 for yeah, 30? No, ESPN. Like, there's two things that ESPN could do a 30 for 30. Bishop Sycamore and how it got on ESPN's airwaves and Rachel Nichols, what happened with that situation Ooh. behind the scenes? I, get, I can tell you the second one's not happening. No, I know that's not happening. <laughs> with what happened with Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols. You're more likely to get Manti Teo to yeah. agree. That, that is, you know, when you come to 30 for 30, you're like, yeah, that would be interesting. Give me the story behind the scenes. Both of those. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Ted in Tampa leads us off. Ted, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, Dan, uh, good morning. Good morning, Ted. I uh, got, got two bests for you. Uh, number one, University of Kentucky football team, undefeated. Okay. And, and my second best is uh, we stole one from the Bosox yesterday. They had us down 7-1. to one. We came back and tied it uh, at 8-8. Eight to eight. We tied it at 9-9, to nine, and then in the 10th inning, uh, we went ahead two runs. Uh, Both Sox made four errors that allowed us to have an inside-the-park home run, uh, and we stole one right from them, so we're still in first place. Yeah, I know. How about some fans show up, though? Thank you, Ted. You had less than 7,000 fans you know, that, that have been showing up for uh, Tampa games. Uh, I don't know what their season average is, but Tampa's doing it again, and nobody cares. No, it's unfortunate, but nobody cares. They, the, the networks would rather talk about the, the Yankees or the Red Sox, not Tampa. 
And Tampa's up, what, five and a half games? Yeah, Paul. Tampa Bay is the third lowest in the MLB in number of people per game at 8,600. Toronto is 8,000. Now, that's because of the situation where a couple parks. Uh, but the Miami Marlins, your Miami Marlins, 7,900 a game. Yeah. The Dodgers, the only team over 30,000 a game. Yeah. You know, the Giants aren't going away. Watching the, the Dodgers and the Giants. I don't know how the Giants do it, but they're doing it. And uh, that's one of those su- real, real, real surprise stories this year. Yes, McLovin. I feel like it's unfair when the two best teams are in the same division. Kind of feels that way. Like, so one of them has to be a wild card, even though they're clearly head and shoulders above. Milwaukee was the, is the team that I would keep an eye on. Like, that's one of those that under the radar, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, wow. That's a good team. And uh, Milwaukee is. Al in Atlanta. Hi, Al. Best and worst of the weekend. Morning, Dan. Morning, Al. Uh, got a best. The best is just a great Labor Day sports weekend we had to kick off the best sports time of the year. Baseball, football, soccer, all here. Once greatness. Just greatness. And the worst is the debacle in Brazil where Brazilian officials interrupted a World Cup qualifier because they do not want Messi tying and or breaking Pele's record on Brazilian soil. Okay. Seaton, were you aware of this? Well, what they did was they shut things down because of, uh, like, COVID protocols. But then the, I guess, the sort of conspiracy theory is the Pele angle. Now, is this like a Justin Turner situation in the World Series where all of a sudden they, they go, oh, the test results came back and we're going to pull the team off the pitch? I think it was about, I'm not 100% sure on it, but I think it was about like uh, players coming from Europe and not quarantining properly or something like that. Um, but yeah, the match, it's like seven minutes in, they're already playing and all of a sudden dudes just walk out on the field and they're like, stop playing. <laughs> Pretty wild. <laughs> Also, uh, Pele just underwent surgery. Uh, so I think he's still in the hospital, but uh, hopefully, I think he's like 80 years of age. He could probably still score. Yes, Paulie. That's got to be so awesome to be known by four letters. Like the entire world knows who you are. You don't even have to like soccer in any way to know who he is. But who was the first athlete to be known by a singular name? Well, Babe Ruth. Nah. No, he was Babe. But the, I don't. The Babe. Yeah. Yeah, Seaton. Man, I wanted to say Yogi for some reason. <laughs> Yogi Berra? <laughs> yeah. No, but it just went by that, like a singular name. Because we've seen artists who have subsequently Damn. done it. But is it Pele was the first? Yes, McLovin. Yeah, what are you, Seal? McLovin? <laughs> yeah, McLovin, Seal, <laughs> Prince, Madonna. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's got to be Pele, right? Isn't this a soccer tradition that's... Goes back to him? I don't know. Is there a boxer who is known like that? I don't think one name. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, Pele is, what, 80 years of age. He was, so 60 years ago, this started? Yeah, in the 50s. I'm trying to think of anybody else would have. Mid-50s, he rose to fame. Yeah. By the way, uh Trying to keep up with COVID, just so you know, with uh, the NFL starting on Thursday, here are the important, you know, let me take a break. I got to give you the COVID rules that you need to know for the upcoming season, because it is going to impact this season. It's already impacted the Cowboys with uh, one of their best offensive players, Zach Martin, um, 
So I'm going to give you the information here that you need to know the COVID rules that will affect your team, perhaps at some point this season. We'll take a break. We have our play of the day coming up. More phone calls as well. Jalen Hurts of the Eagles, top of the hour. We'll take a break back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play, the play, is the play. of the day. Left side, got it! Check this out. In the pocket. Intercepted. Dumping the route. It's Christopher Smith. A foot race. Can the quarterback catch him? He cannot pick six, Georgia. From the left hash mark, a high shotgun snap is back. DTR pegs one over the middle. It's caught at the 30-yard line to the 25 to the 22. Goes Kyle Phillips. He's still on his feet. He's breaking tackles. He scores! That could be the knockout punch. The opening weekend of college football included five matchups of teams ranked in the top 25, the most during a September weekend since 2006. Ranked teams went 12-3 and against unranked teams. Worst marked by ranked teams against unranked opponents during the opening weekend since 2005. That was courtesy of Learfield Sports and the Mothership. Play of the Day brought to you by M-Drive. Fight back against aging, the supplement for driven guys that supports healthy testosterone levels, energy, and lean muscle. Visit mdrivedan.com for 20% off. With the promo code DAN, don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Kansas State over Stanford. It was one of those where I go, wait, I think they got that score upside down. Kansas State roughed up Stanford. Now, there's always a few that opening weekend where you go, huh? And that was one of those things that make you go, hmm. Zach Martin tests positive for COVID-19. He won't play in the season opener for the Cowboys against the Buccaneers. He is, as Ezekiel Elliott said, their best offensive player. So you got a third-year player, uh, Connor McGovern, who will fill in for Zach Martin. And uh, he won't play. I don't know if there are any other players with the Cowboys who uh, – McLovin? Yeah, uh, Brandon Knight, a backup guard. Okay. He was also added to the COVID list. So you got to know about this because it's going to affect your team or maybe the team that uh, is playing your team. Unvaccinated players who test positive for COVID are out and away from the team for 10 days. No wiggle room. Unvaccinated who test positive out have to stay away from the team for 10 days. No exception. Unvaccinated players who are deemed close contacts with COVID positive people are out and away from the team for five days. No exceptions. All vaccinated players will be tested every seven days and once more per week if they choose. Weekly testing for the vaccinated will occur either Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday and will include all coaches and team officials who have close contact with players. Vaccinated players who test positive can rejoin the team if asymptomatic by testing negative twice in tests separated by 24 hours. So if you're vaccinated, you test positive, and then you come back the next day not feeling any symptoms, 
You get tested each day. The first time that you have two consecutive negative tests, then you're allowed to be a full participant in team activities. The players have to get the approval of both Chief Medical Officer Alan Sills and the team's infection control officer. Vaccinated players who are deemed close contacts with COVID-positive people are not pulled out of team activities. They're subject to daily testing and can stay as full participants in team activities and games. Get used to it. At least first couple of weeks, uh, you've got some marquee players. You know, Carson Wentz says, you know, it keeps me up at night. Not sure what to do. He's not been vaccinated. Yeah, McLevin. So we were just, uh, Florio was tweeting out that Zach Martin could possibly uh, have two negative tests between now and game time. So according to the team, there's a slight chance he plays, but it looks very unlikely. Okay. Yeah. So, which means he's probably vaccinated. Yeah, Paul. I wonder if coaches will be treated any differently. Let's say, remember when Nick Saban had it last year and people were wondering, could he coach in a press box or he, could he be in a different spot? I wonder if it was a, a tight situation and this was week 16 or a playoff and blank coach gets it and he's vaccinated you know, or, he, or he, whatever. I mean, right. could they pop him in a press box and have non-contact? Well, Lane Kiffin didn't get to coach last night. I was a little surprised. I thought maybe they would uh, allow him to be on the property or something. John in Washington, best and worst of the weekend. John, what do you have? The worst was the Huskies losing to Montana. Yeah. And the best is UCLA beating LSU. All right. Well, thank you, John. Yeah, that was another one where you go, Washington lost to Wyoming. John, uh, Montana. John really sounded down. Man, it looks like that worst of the weekend really affected. Finally ranked again. Yeah, I know. He also stole my best of the weekend, the Grizz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Montana over. That was one of those where you go, wow, Montana? Okay. Kansas State over Stanford? All right. Yes. Kind of messed up my best of the weekend because I was deliberately going to steal that for Paul just so I could get oh, the reaction oh, oh, to my Grizzlies oh, oh, winning. And okay. Now the whole bit's messed yes, up. Yes, McLevin. I already was going to do South Dakota State to get Paulie's B option, too. <laughs> you guys are assassins. Yeah. Well, we know your go-tos. <laughs> One double-A yes, upsets early. Right. Yeah, yes, Todd. Wasn't there some quarterback that threw for like 10 touchdowns? I, was, I thought Paulie was going to for sure use that, and I was ready to steal that one. That's a, a quarterback who transferred from Michigan who's playing for Presbyterian. Oh, come on, man. What? <laughs> I, that is so Paul, a 10 touchdown double A yeah, guy. For Presbyterian. No, Paulie, you got two more hours. You can't leave. Plus, currently right now on his fourth best option. <laughs> I think you got, I, I, if you at home think this is a joke, I have him on this piece of paper right here. Oh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Presbyterian, a Michigan transfer, 10 touchdowns. Uh, Raider Joe in California. Hi, Raider Joe. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks morning. so much for taking my call. Sure. Uh, best of the weekend is going to definitely be K.J. Wright coming to my Raiders. Thank goodness for the outside linebacker position. And worse was us waving Tanner Muse. Oh, boy. Uh, hopefully he clears waivers in and we get him back. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right, Raider Joe, good luck. Yeah, that's a third-round pick. You know, John Gruden was a, wasn't good at drafting when he was in Tampa. And as of right now... I'd say very suspect in how they're drafting with the Raiders. Yeah, McClellan. That's our friend Mike Mayock, though. Yeah, I know. Well, do I just put it all on Mike Mayock and not on John Gruden? You know, it feels like there's shared power there in uh, in Las Vegas. Yes, McClellan. Doesn't feel like there's a lot of positive buzz about no. the Raiders right now. We well, see picks. The Chargers moving up, you know, their trajectory. I, I think Denver's going to be sneaky good. Um. 
They might not be exciting, but they could be sneaky good. And then you got the Chiefs. You know, the, the Raiders, they could be fourth in that division again. Yeah, McLeod, or uh, Paulie? The Raiders are in no man's land. You either are a good team that's a contender that we talk about, or you're a bad team who added a quarterback and it changes the narrative. They don't have that with the Raiders. Yeah. They have skilled position players, though. I just, I don't, just feels like they're missing some things there. Peter King made his Super Bowl pick. You guys, how about we take a break? And then uh, Jalen Hurts, will, he didn't pick the Eagles, so we can do this before we have Jalen Hurts on. Uh, Darius Rucker is going to stop by. Greg McElroy was on the call of the Notre Dame-Florida State game. Former Alabama quarterback will join us coming up as well. Our best and worst of the weekend coming up. We're one hour in the books on this Tuesday. Two more to go. Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 